You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hello once again, and welcome back to Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm the Michael. <laughs> and I'm the Seth. <laughs> and we are recording tonight. It is Friday evening, November the like 85th, I think. I don't know. Let's go to Steve. Yes, we got to check on the big board. <laughs> we The election has still not been called. So as we recorded our last bunch of episodes, it was right before the election, and now it's been two weeks, and the election still hasn't quite ended yet. So we don't quite know what's happening. But it'll it's, never end. It's basically wrapped up. But uh, yeah, my entire pop culture week has been watching Steve Kornacki touch screens. Yeah, he went full Goodwill hunting there a little bit ago. <laughs> I was like, I turned to the video and it was like six five one nine six five. He's like in a loop. I was like, oh stop! I got to record this. Is Crazy. Didn't the one lady go? Be quiet. Do you need us? Do you need us to cut away? He's like, no, I'm almost done. They don't even go away from him when they go to commercial. Like they just leave him there with his calculator. No, I before I turned the TV on before I left for work Tuesday morning, actual election day. And he was already out live. It was 9.30 or so. He was already up and going. And then, you know, that night at 3 a.m. or whenever, we're still watching lecture results. He was still going. So He's wearing the same outfit. <laughs> He's, if they don't do, if, if the gap doesn't come back just to do khaki commercials with Steve, Steve Korn khaki, I don't know. They're missing the boat. Well, did you guys stay up all night watching that? Because... I, I was I was at work. Yes, I was okay. up all night watching it. I was. Uh, I think I was done about a little after midnight, and I went to bed. And I I remember I woke up at three a.m. and checked my phone, and you two have were still going back and forth like mm-hmm. election coverage, and I was just like, oh, it's nothing has changed. Like nothing had changed since I went to bed, so yeah, I've basically just slept on the couch the last few nights and just left the TV on. And I'll wake up at like four in the morning, like what? Kornacki, are you there? No, okay, <laughs> I'll roll back over and go back to sleep. So. Yeah, yep. I just wake up in the middle of the night, have to pee, and go over there and check my phone and be like, <laughs> "All right, enough about that." Democracy. Yeah, whatever. That's not what people are here for. That's right. But we hope you all exercised your franchise and went out and voted. You know someplace else you can vote? On our uh, patron page. Oh. <laughs> hey, how about that segue? Uh, we never quite get 100% turnout. We, I think all the precincts <laughs> reported this week. But <laughs> so, yeah, you're... Uh, the land of the free and the home of the brave. You get the right to vote if you're a patron. We put up polls. 
Uh, and this week's poll was about a one job. Jesse, but uh, this takes precedent. Somebody, when somebody is no longer with us, we uh, we we are rushed to uh, to make quickly uh, summarize their entire career. Yeah, th- this was a big one too. Come on, this is yeah, not not just somebody, pretty legendary. The, the legend Sean Connery, man. Okay, before we kick into this, I I need to know our policy on bad Sean Connery impressions. Oh. <laughs> are we just going to do them all to wall, or are we going to ban them completely? Does everybody get one to mess up? You got. I, if one slips out of me, it'll be just because I'm saying a line that I can't do one. So okay. it would yeah. be on the bad scale. But so for direct quotes, you're allowed to slip into a bad Sean yes, Connery. Yes, that's okay. it. That's it. But no, no, don't, don't, I don't frown abuse on the privilege. I frown on good ones. <laughs> yeah, so I, he's been in a lot of stuff. Like, this is one that I finally was able to look at and was like, okay, this guy's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, a lot of good movies. Yeah. I did uh, go out of my way to watch a movie that he was in that I, I, didn't remember ever seeing, but I'm surprised. Would be surprised if I ever because I kind of remembered the very end when I got to the very end of it. I was like, "Hey, I remember that part." But uh, Time Bandits, I had never. Yes, seen, I don't remember ever seeing Time Bandits, so I was like, "It was on HBO." Mm-hmm. So I pulled it up. I was like, "I need to, you know, get get this in here and see if it it can make my list." And uh, it was good. Oh, mainly I just I. I, I could see anybody having love for that. That's something that if I was a kid, if I would have saw it as a kid, I just somehow it's one of those, you know, I didn't see everything as a kid. And I, that one slipped through for me, but I would have really loved it as a kid. And I did. And I liked, I liked the small part he had in it. He, he I don't remember him being in it actually. He was, geez, who, I don't remember whether he was supposed to be King Arthur or something or who he was. I don't remember him being in it either, but I do. Yeah, remember well, they go. To, they, it's a the dwarves get get uh, the kid, and they go around to different times mm-hmm. and steal stuff. So I think he was supposed to be King Arthur, baby. According okay. to IMDb, he was King Agamemnon mm. slash Fireman. So he had dual roles. Yeah, mm-hmm. he. Well, are we spoiling a movie from? Yeah, I, I think ago? it's safe. <laughs> yeah, I it, at the the kid like he he like. When they're in that time, he like adopts the kid, and, or he's going to be his 
kid and everything. It's great, you know, and the kid hates his parents in real life. So the, uh, but then the dwarves show up and pick up the kid and take off to go travel to another time. But when they get to the very end of the movie, he, Sean Connery shows up as a fireman and kind of gives him a wink and stuff. And kind of that Wizard of Oz thing, you were yeah, there. And exactly. Were... Exactly a Wizard of Oz thing. So anyway, it was pretty good. So it looks like he's been working. His first role was 1954 as an extra in a crowd scene. And his last film, if you're not on IMDb, do, do you remember his famous, the famous movie that had him retire from acting? Who yeah. remembers that from 2003? 2003. Oh, oh my God. The Rock? No. Yeah. Entrapment, I remember that one, but that was probably a little earlier than that. Yeah. I don't know. So he hasn't been uh, in a movie since 2003? Yep, he re- famously, after this bombed, he retired from acting. It looks like he's he did some voice work. Mm-hmm. There was like a documentary he did a voice in. Of, uh, he did a James Bond video game voice work, but as far as being on screen, not since 2003. What was it? Michael, did you you perked up there? Did you? Just because I looked at it, I was oh. going through his film list. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Because it sucked. Okay. Yeah, I never watched it. So I, I heard went to the theater to see it. He, I believe, he famously turned down the Matrix. He was supposed to. He had. They had asked him to be Morpheus, and he said right. he didn't understand it, so he turned it down. And then when they when they came to him with Leave Extraordinary Gentleman, he's like, I didn't understand that either, but I thought I would, I didn't want to miss another opportunity, <laughs> and it didn't quite hit like the Matrix did. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, uh, of course, famously James Bond, the original, the original James Bond, James Bond. And, uh, I mean, he was a great James Bond. I, 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 I don't know. You guys have like a James Bond, like your favorite I'm a no. George Lazenby guy, but I can, I can <laughs> so that see. one movie. <laughs> I do love that one. I yeah. I was I I'm not a huge James was Bond fan. Majesty's Secret Service. Right, right. Uh, but I went through a phase, probably late teen years. I, I think TBS played it. There'd be a, a couple weekends a year. TBS or somebody would play them all mm-hmm. weekend, and I, and I I remember going through them and like, yeah, I love these. And I watched all the Connery ones and. Yeah, but the modern ones, I I don't. Roger Moore's good, but yeah, the, the, I haven't seen all the modern ones or the Timothy Dalton ones or whatever. Yeah, but yeah that yeah. him in a in a tuxedo with a cigarette and a and a, and a whatever he's drinking, shaking Nuster, uh, just uh, yeah. There's very little more iconic on a on a movie screen than that. Yeah, a friend of mine and I called him Peanut Movies. We would on a Saturday we'd sit at his house and either watch. Clint Eastwood movies all day or James Bond movies all day, just freaking Moonraker and all, you know, all that. I actually caught more Roger Moore than, than uh, Sean Connery, but we loved all that stuff. And then, but I really liked what, when Goldeneye hit, I was like, now oh, this, this is great. You know, Pierce Brosnan. And then I've liked Daniel Craig. I like all of them. It's no mission impossible, but um, hmm. they're, but I, I, so of course, iconic role, James Bond. Um, well, you, other, you missed the role that made him famous. 
1959, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Mm. Yes, I did. I I know I've seen that. Doesn't he sing in that one? Yeah, he does. <laughs> so looking at IMDb this afternoon, Cliff, I was confused by that. Um, and I assume you have answers to all things Darby O'Gill. But it oh, says yeah, 1959. Sure. He was in the Magical World of Disney episode. I captured the King of the Leprechauns as character Michael McBride. Same year, 1959, Michael McBride and Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yeah, I don't know of the uh, the television episode. I would assume that was some sort of uh, promotional TV episode for the movie. But one spells it McBride, M-C. One spells it MacBride, M-A-C. So I, I don't, Disney's, I don't know, they're off their game, apparently. Well, you know. Some other I ones. I, let's see, we had First Night. I remember at the time, kind of, I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but he, that's the one I was thinking of. He played King Arthur. And Richard Gere and Juliet Ormond were in it. It was just a fun little King Arthur movie, you know, love story thing. And, of course, Highlander. I was never a. I, I missed the boat on Highlander, but oh, man. one of my one of my friends was like, he loved Highlander. Back yeah, then. Highlander's great. Michael, would you? I, I would put Highlander pretty high up in those in those eighties action, you know, um, series for me. Tell me, how did it happen? For God's sake! Why does the sun come up? Or are the stars just pinholes in the curtain of night? Who knows? What I do know is that because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away, like the people of your village. Ah! Uh, The Kurgan. He is the strongest of all the immortals. He is the perfect warrior. If he wins the prize, mortal man would suffer an eternity of darkness. How do you fight such a savage? With heart, faith, steel. In the end, there can be only one. Like, that was a huge hit. I actually, I don't think I've watched any of the Highlanders. Like, I I remember seeing bits and pieces over the years, but I don't think I ever really watched the full Highlander. Yeah, it's it's funny because James Bond, those movies never did anything for me, uh, no matter who was in the role. And so I don't I can't say I've seen a lot of them. And I I certainly know he's the most famous James Bond, but I have no experience with it. Now, if you want to talk about, you know. uh guy with a Scottish accent playing a, a Spaniard in a weird red velvet diaper outfit thingy. I'm all over it. <laughs> I've never watched that. There can be only Same one memes. Oh, yeah, I, man. Saw, I saw his character. His character name is Ramirez. And I did yeah. have some questions because it's been a while since I've seen it. So I didn't yeah. remember the, the circumstances of him being named Ramirez. <laughs> he, he played a Spaniard. And he had, you know, he had the big, uh, the big hat with the feather, with the feather all in it. 
and uh yeah yeah he was the uh he 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 was he trained um Christopher Lambert yes he played uh McLeod who he so he played you know a Scottish guy in the in the Highlands um he was trained him to for battle you know you had to the these immortals um had to fight each other with swords to until you know only one remained but you can be on they they were immortal so they had, the only way they could kill each other was to cut each other's heads off yeah that's such 80s cheese i can't believe michael's not a big fan of it. <laughs> i probably would have if i i don't i don't know what happened i just never thought caught it or something yeah spawned several sequels a tv show like a very popular franchise books mm-hmm. and comics so there's a whole yeah there's a whole franchise behind it uh jo- um justin had quoted medicine man on the the post today and i i that is the second uh biggest connery quote i say it was only the penitent man will pass and I found the cure for the plague of the 20th century. But he is, a, um, and I lost it. Um, that's a, I felt like nobody saw that. And I remember watching that, him and Lorraine Bracco, and he's a, he's in the Amazon jungle, and she's his assistant, and he doesn't like a lady assistant or whatever. He doesn't, not, not into that. And they, you know, they're basically trying to cure cancer or whatever. And it's, it was good. I, I've only seen it one time many years ago. I remember liking it. I'm a, I, if I had more time, I'd have watched it before this. I thought I thought I made a pretty good joke, but it sailed over Justin's head apparently about the like. That's one of the first memes I ever even remember. Is that his line from Finding Forrester? You're the man now, dog. Like that became a meme, <laughs> and I, I and he said medicine man. I was like, oh, is that where that famous line came from? You're the medicine man now, dog. He's like, I don't believe it was. <laughs> no, it was this. Thank you. <laughs> um, I've never seen the one movie I was going to try to watch this week, but I actually just forgot. Was the man who would be king? Him and my cocaine. Um. Mm. So, but a lot I have seen a lot of buzzes people posting just like they really liked him in that role and that I think they were like these two guys had found like some I don't know whether some detached society and basically he tried he became their king and it's supposed to be just like a fun movie I guess I don't I'm assuming it was from the 70s 60s or 70s but yeah I just I haven't seen a lot of these that one, the wind and the lion, or you know, the, these these kind of epics that he was in. I just kind of know his genre pulpy stuff, so I yeah. I don't know that I'm making a really informed decision well, as him I, as a classically trained actor. True, true. But this is we're not picking that. We're picking the Kapow, whatever right. you know. Also, and I, I felt like at least this one we had some choices. It wasn't this was no Ethan Hawke. You know, we were we were looking. We got Time Bandits. James Bond, The Freaking Rock. Welcome to The Rock. The Rock. Last Crusade, Untouchables. That's a lot of good cheese there. We, you know, we got some good stuff. So, uh, Hunt for Red October. Hunt for Red October. 
Yeah, I mean, come on. There's a lot of good stuff there. So, what about Zardoz? I don't even know what that is. Michael's I, now, Michael. I, okay, if you if you're not a Highlander, I assume I, I've never seen it, but I know is I know of it. Of, is this Again. like an enemy of Flash Gordon or something? I, I've never seen the like. He's wearing like a red diaper, a onesie. <laughs> Like a, a crisscross top and little little shorty shorts that look like they're made out of terry cloth. He's got the long, I think he has a long, a long ponytail down his back. It's a, a sci-fi D movie that has somehow stuck around in our consciousness. Hmm. I've never heard of that. I've seen the picture of him. He looks ridiculous. So what are you guys feeling here? What do you think? Untouchables, Untouchables is great, you know the you what it, I don't even remember the quote where, where he like you they they put one of yours put, in the hospital, yeah, yeah. you put one of theirs in the morgue. That's the Chicago That's way. The Chicago. That's a great great movie when he when he's in his house there toward you know up going up and down the hallways. That's Brian De Palma directing just so so good. I got Nick hasn't really? seen that. We're gonna watch it. What's really bugging me is I'm going through the films he's been in, and I swear there was a sci-fi movie where I remember him in a like a, a spacesuit. Like, I felt like it was like 2001: A Space Odyssey or something like that. And I could have sworn that he was in that movie. And I'm looking through the film filmography, and I don't see that at all. I'm like, who the hell am I thinking of? Yeah, not me. Not the original. Nope. Um. The Rock. Thank you. Well, Stanley, uh, this is when we go our separate ways. But, uh, I'm sure you know the etymology of your name, Goodspeed. Yeah, Godspeed. To wish someone a prosperous journey. Why? Well, if you fancy a journey, I recommend Fort Walton, Kansas. I was thinking of Maui. Church, Fort Walton, Kansas. From Pew. Right leg. Oh. Is this what I think it is? Mason? Is, is, does anybody have love for The Rock? Welcome to The Rock. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that movie. He it is, is so good. Oh, I mean, it's it's that's that cast is crazy good, and it's just so fun, and you know, I mean, I that that was it's hard for me not to just go, it's The Rock, but what what's he sharing? He's sharing some. There's the pick. There's the diaper with the <laughs> braid, the big thigh high purple boots, and the revolver. That looks like my next Halloween costume. It does look like your next Halloween costume. Oh man. Don't do Sorry. it. Stop. I I do like um, The Rock. Uh, that would be a very Kapow pick. Be. Yeah, it's um, a good one. I we I mentioned to you guys we watched. Uh, well, the kids were watching Last Crusade. Yeah, I got home from work, and um, I hadn't seen it for a while. And man, that movie still st- it, it holds up. Um, 
I thoroughly enjoyed watching that with them. And I forgot how good he is in it. That, of course, the 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 scene. Well, there's a couple, but um, when the plane, you know, they've crashed their plane and they're running away from the Nazi plane, who's you know swinging back to uh, to gun them down on the beach, and he he takes out his umbrella and just you know he's yeah like, yeah he does the yeah, uh, and he's, he does, he re, he quotes uh, like the poet. Me. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky. Yes, yeah. that's why we have you here. Yes. You don't know your Shakespeare, but you know your <laughs> Charlemagne. But uh, he's just doing that shit. Yeah. I love that's the that's the only one of his movies in my top 100 is Last Crusade. I'm just gonna say now that is 1,000 percent my pick because there's so much in that movie with him and Harrison Ford. It yeah. is that's my favorite indie movie. It's it's so great. The they're back and forth. They play off each other and then. Then uh, and just the touching stuff. Of course, only a penitent man will pass is like one of my, the best lines ever. And then, though, I really think uh, you know after they've set up that whole contentious relationship, and then you get to towards the end, and the girl is like chasing the Grail down into yeah. the hole, and and Indy stops her. But then, mm-hmm. and if I recall, Indy goes after it, and he's he has to be he's like, trying to grab it. Go. Yeah. Yeah, he's like just the look and just the just the way. I mean, just so so much great acting and delivery of the dialogue. It's so so good. So I I can't touch that movie that because we lose everything else. We we forget to remind people when what we pick that role. That's it. That, we lose everything else they ever did. And I mean, I know you guys. There like can that. be only one, really. Exactly. I know you guys like that braid. <laughs> But uh, I just realized the the line I quote from that movie the most often is probably "and the chair" when everything's mm. catching on fire. Yeah. Like the, Andy, the room's on fire. And the chair. <laughs> I find a way to say I don't know how I and find I like, a way to say that line. So often. <laughs> yeah. And when it, and that whole stuff, you know, him sitting there just like going off while Andy's freaking out behind him trying to. Uh, it's a great movie. You, it's it's right. a great movie, and 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 he is a big reason why um, they could not have done a better job casting him or yeah. that uh, that part for him. You know, just even you know when he's like, "Dad, you got to use the machine gun," and he's like, "Oh, okay," and he swings around and just and then takes out the uh, the the the. They got us. Yeah, but yeah. like, yeah, you, you, he, he, in a lesser movie, he would be kind of the villain, like the the absent father that you would right. hate. But like, you, he, he, he's so endearing that you love him. Mm-hmm. But he said he learned his lesson by the end, and he learns to let let the Grail go, and the and he's more important. Yeah, and, and he just imbues that with so much warmth and humor and humanity. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's for a pulpy fun adventure movie. It, he he is a terrific in it. Michael, what are you attached to? 
What's your pick? It'd have to be the Indiana Jones movie. I'm like, I'm thinking about back through what I've seen him in and what I remember, and that's probably the one that I fondly remember the most. Let's go to the board. Is anybody a, a Hunt for Red October person? I, I, I the people you, love you, that movie, yeah. or, or yeah. If you tell me it's great, maybe I'll try it again. But I remember being really bored by it. Yeah, I wasn't old enough when that movie came that out be to it. enjoy that it. Was, that must be it. We were might have been a little young for it. I, I don't know. It just was really boring to me. But it probably was this great intrigue, you know, filled movie that we just were too busy playing video games or something to care about. Yeah, I just I, that one's always felt to me like one that people quote or rewatch once a year. Or, you know, it's just one of those kind of movies. But maybe because it was on cable so often. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we hit, we hit pretty much everything I added to the poll for the patrons. Right. So, uh, our votes, we had one vote for Last Crusade from Jared. And he said, I'd say the correct answer is probably Bond, but I'll throw in a vote for Last Crusade since I've watched slash enjoyed that one more than anything else on this list since I was a youngin. Also, he's great in Untouchables. So he throws in a, 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 he basically voted for three things here. Yeah. Bond, Last Crusade, and Can't lose. But uh, Last Crusade was his main vote. And winning this poll with two votes, I said, we got, we got, I don't have, Kornacki has not verified these results. <laughs> so the apparent winner coming to you by the KPP network is James Bond, voted on by both Justin and Jesse. Okay. Uh, Justin didn't leave a comment except about Medicine Man. Voted for James Bond, but asked about Medicine Man. And Jesse says he doesn't characterize himself as a big James Bond fan, but if there's any iconic character I associate Sean Connery with, it's going to be 007. So that just that's kind of the default. Like you know, all all the obituaries we saw about him, all the online, it was all about you know original Bond. Sean Connery dies. That's kind of the that's what he was. Well, you could think of it also as him being the first James Bond. Would there even still be a James Bond if he didn't wasn't the one starring in it originally? Yeah, if he his, I mean, that's his a whole franchise. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how many of those movies did he make? Did he make like seven or eight of them? Um, uh, that's a good question. I know he did Goldfinger, Doctor No, um, the. Yeah, diamonds are forever. From he, Russia with love. Yeah, you only live twice. He did never. He, he did he remade one of them. Like came back yeah, and did. Uh, it was like never say never yeah, again. Never say never again. Yeah, it was a remake of one of them. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, probably ten, something like that. They're all fine. Yeah, they're all good. If they're as good as any James Bond movie, you know, of that time period. I think I probably like Goldfinger the best of his, but uh, yeah, I I really liked James Bond at a certain point in my life, but I've always loved Indiana Jones my entire life. So I, yeah. I am if we're gonna go unanimous with it, I, I'll jump in on that too. Although Untouchables is great, The Rock is fun. You know that he's been in some really great movies, but as far as a connection to me and the a movie I enjoy the most, it would have to be. Indiana Jones 3. All right. 
So it sounds like a, the only wrench was the patrons. <laughs> uh. <laughs> someday, patrons, someday. Hey, we well, gave, maybe the um, popular vote would go to the patrons, but the Electoral College is swinging toward... So in the annals of history, Professor Henry Jones. We named the dog Indiana. And what did you find, Junior? Junior? Dad? Please, what does it always mean? This this Junior. That's his name. Henry Jones Junior. Like Indiana. We named the dog Indiana. May we go home now, please? The dog? (laughs) You are named after the dog? (laughs) <laughs> got a lot of fond memories of that dog all right we did it that took forever but it was good there that's not bad Dude, that's one of those accents that i have tried to emulate ever since i watched mel gibson do it in a some movie and it was like i i can't i can't remember what movie it's from but i'd always like sit there and think about it but i I was a Rashari old boy, but I can't even come close. <laughs> uh, that was good. I liked it. Oh, that that, I realized after I posted the poll, I should have had in there, he should have been nominated for Celebrity Jeopardy. Shuck on it, Trebek. Well, yeah. It's not even him, but right. what is more, what is more iconic than suck it, Trebek? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. probably would have voted for that. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's not even him, but we agree it would have been had a chance. Not not to be not to be <laughs> off subject, but that that's just what I was just gonna say. <laughs> that that just reminded me. We we just got done with Halloween, but a friend of mine um, from high school, her daughter, her Halloween costume this year. This girl is, I think she's like ten, ten or eleven. So, anyways, this girl dressed up. Uh, she put it on Facebook. She's like, you're not going to believe my daughter's Halloween costume this year and had a picture and it said turd Ferguson. Yep. Or that's a funny name. And I mean this, she had the big yellow hat on the Burt Reynolds stash and the suit. And I was just like, Oh man, why didn't I think of that one year? Yeah. Since we were talking about James Bond, um, that's what I was going to say, not to go out on tangent, but does anyone remember James Bond Jr.? It was a cartoon, evidently from '91 to '92. Uh, I remember that it existed. I remember I'm across a couple of the comic book. They were they, they yeah. were a comic for a short while, but I don't remember the show at all. I remember the show. I feel like there was like a series of books too. Like I, I feel like I read them because I, but I mean, I it's hard to tell. But I did. I was a fan of the cartoon, of course. And it looks like, uh, did they call him Junior? Junior. Let's see. I feel like every property there ever was in the 80s was at some point some weird cartoon. Is there a glare on that? Yeah. No, I think so. That's it. Yeah, I, I know it was Never. a thing. So, that was. A movie star, so we should talk about movies, huh? Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun! Under Ruth! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? 
long, sullen silence, or mean comment. Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> Guys, I read a book. <laughs> That's I know you're not. I know you're not gonna believe this. No, there was a movie came out on Netflix, and it was had already been a Best Picture winner in 1940, and I'd been always wanting to see that. And then I thought, before I watch either of those, I heard that the book was really great, a famous book, and so I got Rebecca from 1938. So. There's a little bit of racism in there. <laughs> but uh, Rebecca by this person, Daphne Dumore. I'm not, I don't know. And Do it like, uh, Say it like Sean Connery would. Yeah, Michael. Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's perfect. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so I read the book and then... I watched the Alfred Hitchcock Best Picture winner from 1940 with Lawrence Olivier, I believe. I think that's who the guy was in it. And um, this <laughs> some girl. Um, and uh, and then I watched the new one there. Ben Wheatley uh, has a new one on Netflix with Lily. Gosh, what is her last name? She was uh, in the Cinderella movie or whatever. Lily, uh, Lily something. Anyway, and Army Hammer as the guy, and it was anyway. First off, the book was gr- really good. I really enjoyed the book. It said it claims on the back of the book that it is the uh, some I can't find it. It's something to do with it's like the best. Oh, the it won the award for the best novel of the century. I don't know what year it won that award, but wow. That's, that's a that's <laughs> I was like, well, okay, we'll see. It was really good. I really did like it. And I liked the ending. And the movie, the Hitchcock movie, I was so excited because I love Hitchcock. And it was good, but it was they talk so fast, and it's like they're just trying to get all the dialogue in. I don't know what the rush was, but it's just they're like, talking so fast and I don't know. It just didn't didn't wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be. I thought they did a good job, but it just was so much. And the little things that they changed from the, the book, I didn't love. I was like, because I felt like the, the book had a, a perfect ending. And both both movies really kind of messed with that a little bit. So I was a little disappointed there. The newer one, I, I kind of feel bad saying that I liked the newer one. I, I, I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more because it was... I know. And I would, I'm the last person that would admit to that. But I I was like, I kind of, I really liked Lily, who, what's her name? I can't freaking remember. Lily James. Yes. I knew it was something bland. Anyway, she was really good in it. And um, Army Hammer was good. Fresh, my memory, the basic plot is. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. It's, it's, Rebecca is the main guy, and it is, uh, his wife has died, and they own, Manderley. It's that the famous first line, I dreamt I was in Manderley again. And that's how both movies start out, how the book starts out, because it's a super famous line from this book. And it's like he's a rich dude. He has this house that's just like one of the most famous houses in England. And 
people come there and everything and he just has wealth and she is just a, a lady's maid basically and he marries her but his wife had died and she goes there and it's kind of a supposed to give you a really creepy feel that she's just like replacing her they she is mrs de winter now she out the stationery is mrs de winter everything's already been decorated she doesn't she can't decorate the house it's already done you know it's a, everything and she's such a young girl that she has no confidence and everything and the housekeeper the woman that runs the house you could tell was like kind of takes offense to her taking that woman's place and there's you know a couple scenes that are famous that are repeated in the movies because of their big moments and again they all did them fine but it's all about what happened to rebecca what's the deal because she's you know she's a dead character that it's all but she's not there but it's all about her this woman that isn't in the movie but i really thought it was good if you know, if it was a mystery type thing, you don't, you know, you don't find out till the end exactly what happened and it's kind of messed up. And, but I was normally, I would sometimes if the movie's great, it'd be like, King, skip the book. The movie gets it done. But I actually thought the, the book was the best of it. <sighs> okay. That's what I watched the movie I watched. Speaking of older movies, uh, I was listening back to one of our podcasts. And I had mentioned, we were talking about Jeff Goldblum, and I had mentioned Transylvania 65,000 that evidently no one else has seen. Oh, I've so, seen it. I've seen it. Well, I, I went back to rewatch it to see, you know, if I still thought it was funny, if it was good. Yeah, when you shared and, a picture of it or whatever, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Um, it is worth rewatching just to watch Jeff Goldblum's face throughout every single scene. Like this, this movie was shot very low budget. It was like by a chemical company, something to do with like some tax write-offs they were able to do over there. But they had to quickly like make this movie. But anyway, it you can tell that the movie is very ad-libbed, and you just have to watch it just for Jeff Goldblum's face through every scene. Like it, it is, like I was laughing hysterically. It, it was was way funnier than I, I even remember it to be. Um, what is that about? It it's it's him and um oh shoot I forget the other guy's name. But anyway, they they're like on staff for like a weekly world news um newspaper and there's this video that comes out of Frankenstein. So they're sent there to Transylvania to see if Frankenstein is real or not. Um, so they go there and they actually meet a werewolf and uh, the Frankenstein, and they also meet a female Dracula that is played by, oh my God. Oh, who played opposite of him in the fly, the female? Gina Davis. Gina Davis, she's in there as a very sexy uh, vampire that does not have a whole lot of clothes on. Um, and then, like, it ends so... It, it, it's just... It's bonkers. Um, it also has... Um, yeah, I'm doing great at this. I know that I've seen this movie. 
it uh i get confused though sometimes with nothing but trouble the same that came out. okay well because there's another movie that came out around that time called highly spirited um that has to do with a, they both have to do with hotels and like scary things going on um but there, there was a lot of scenes that, that it was way funnier than I expected it to be. So, I, it, like I said, it's what worth a rewatch. Um, I think I watched it on Amazon. And it didn't steal any of your ideas for comics in the future? <laughs> we don't the need past. to talk about that. Oh, the past. <laughs> or the past. Hey, I don't want to swerve too far from the, what we've been talking about, but how about we talk about politics? Oh, you guys boy. like politics, right? Seven months. Now I watched the Comey Rule on Showtime. Ah, this was the Jeff Daniels adaptation of James <clears throat> Comey's book, A Higher Loyalty. So it was a two. They they broke it into two parts over two nights. It was just under four hours. Um, but I didn't realize until the end, like James Comey was the former head of the FBI. Um, I didn't realize he was like involved in this movie. He was on set for some of it, and like it, it was based on his writing. So I don't know how objective it was with history. It was right. just kind of his story and his perspective. So he kind of comes across as a very bland character. There's no real drama. They don't show his faults and foibles. He is like somebody calls him Jimmy Stewart at one point. He's just, he's the, he's the most patriotic stalwart upright FBI citizen. You could possibly be, he's the innocent babe and every, you know, like everything's just happening around him and he's trying his best. So I, I don't know how authentic it really was. Right. But it did a good job of like the last like decade of news, news stories and politics condensed down into kind of one story and how he was at the center of all this. And it did a good job basically showing you, you – because know, people hated James Comey on both sides, the right and then the left. He's the one who started the the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails and then restarted it right before the election. And then there were hints of Russian collusion right before the election, and he didn't go public with that on the Trump side. So I, people liked that he – did certain things and they hated him for other things. That was probably my favorite part of the movie is that everyone he comes into contact with, you know, he's in the, the lunchroom of some, you know, he's taking his wife out to lunch or something. And like some guys like, yeah, I hope you get that B I T C H. And then he's somewhere else. And they're like, somebody's like, yeah, way to take a stand for Trump. And like, so like it, everyone's throwing and projecting their politics onto him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but again, he's kind of in the eye of the hurricane, but like I said, it was, pointing out how many places where there weren't any good options where if he says something it screws over somebody if he doesn't say something it screws over somebody else if they if it looks like they're hiding something then their credibility is shot but if they don't say you know it's just the the lesser of two evils or the the best worst option basically and and it just kind of came trying to show him as always having the FBI's credibility first and trying to, you know, the FBI can't appear 
partisan. The FBI can't appear like we're covering something up. We can't appear. You know, we have to show that we're we're not coordinating with the Justice Department. We have to show we're impartial to all these parties. We have to show that we're tough and thorough and we're putting, you know, we're, we're really digging into anything Clinton may have had. So they have to show like they're tough on her, but then they can't be, you know, right before an election, they can't, you know, show a different side. So, yeah. Um, interesting. I, I think there could have been a better movie made of this that was, you know, maybe uh, wasn't so kind to him perhaps, but then the, the silliest thing they had on his team are that the Page and Struck, the famous agents who had the, the lovers, Dexters. the lovers who had yeah. the texts, the text messages, and they played that up as like a romantic B plot of them like noticing each other and like, oh my god, I really, and Dude. it was like a will, it was a will they won't they between Page and Struck, <laughs> and I was like, oh, the, the, this movie did not need that. How was uh, Brendan Gleeson? Scary. Like he didn't really playing President Trump, he didn't really look like him. Nobody in this movie looked like, and that's the weird thing. It's like it's such it's so recent. You know, there's somebody playing President Obama. There's somebody play. There's actors playing all these people that we know what they look like. It's not they're not historical figures. So yeah, he didn't really look like Trump, but the vocal, the like what he the way he sounded was scarily accurate and it wasn't oh. like a alec baldwin impression but he nailed all the little ticks and the breathing it, just, it was it was scary but if you just closed your eyes for a minute it was it was scary accurate yeah was that did you say that was on showtime showtime yes yeah that's the showtime correspondent folks i'll be checking in next time with <laughs> more from showtime cliff did you watch any movies Besides Last Crusade? I don't think I have. Nothing comes to mind. Uh, the only other movie I think I watched that, of anything was a, a, a documentary called Game Master, which was about um, making board games. Talked to a bunch of people in the... Talked to big wigs in the indie gaming industry and a lot of... Uh, up and comers trying to get board games made over the last few years, and you know, talk to some of the biggest guys, you know, like the guy that did Settlers of Catan, and you know, those kind of games that have been actual big hits, and then you know, just different, different, different people, their path to making a game, what you go through to try to do it, and and what you know, it was just neat to see some behind the scenes stuff, you know, and. It, it was a good little documentary. It's on Amazon Prime. On uh, HBO Max, they have Fantasy Island, which mm. is uh, the remake of the 80s TV show with uh, oh, Tattoo. Yeah. Um, when they, isn't it like a horror? They turn it into like a horror. Yeah, they turn it into a horror. Like, you, you got your wish desire to be one thing, um, but it never played out the way it was supposed to. There was consequences. Oh. Um, and is it okay to just spoil it? I figured it's, I mean, it's not that great. It's for one, it's rated PG 13. I don't know why anyone, I don't understand when nobody's fantasies are PG 13. What are you talking about? Who played, who played tattoo? Well, he, he doesn't, 
become tattooed to the very end. Uh, but okay. it's a now that's a spoiler. <laughs> well, this is how great this movie how is. You okay, tattoo. So this guy you're born tattoo or you're it's Michael Pena though, right? Is yes. Mr. Rourke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is how tattoo becomes tattoo. Him and his brother come on the island and they fulfill his brother's desire. Well, his brother ends up dying, and so his wish at the very That's end my desire. <laughs> is to is to bring him back to life. And the main character, which is, I forget what his name, what you guys just said his name was or whatever. Mr. Ward. Mr. Ward. But that that character says, Well, you're gonna have to stay on the island. And he's like, Well, what shall I call you? And he said, well, you know, there was that one time where I did something really stupid and got this tattoo. And he's like, well, what does it say? And he opens up his sleeve and it says tattoo. Wow, that is shitty. <laughs> it is. There's, there, I don't understand why when it comes to horror movies. Herve Villachez. I'll never forget that name. Like, Isn't that that guy's name? Uh, From the original in the yeah. 80s? I don't, I don't know what tattoo, yeah. Boss, boss, the plane, the plane. Yeah, there we go. Do some Sean Connery talking to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we going to do? Nah, I can't. <laughs> oh, you look at my tattoo. <laughs> uh, come here, tattoo. Boss, <laughs> <laughs> boss, what do you want me to do now? Never, yeah, Mario. <laughs> yeah, slip into some... I say papita. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, getting back to this movie, I don't understand making PG-13 horror movies. They should always be rated R. But anyway, it it was all right. It, it had a lot of loopholes that made absolutely no freaking so- sense at all. Um, but I saw, well, like like that show. I think we've mentioned before yeah. that that Fantasy Island and The Love Boat are the same show. Yep. Guest stars come there and get their dreams fulfilled. Sometimes it's by Mr. Rourke. Sometimes it's by Isaac the bartender. (laughs) I I meant to. I have some horror movies on my DVR and some streaming, but I I didn't. I didn't get this Halloween season. I didn't get to any of these horror movies. I I kind of meant to. There's actually a movie coming out that I want to see bad enough. Not that I'm I, I. I want to be clear. I'm not really dying to see it, but it looks fun. And I heard a reviewer say that it basically it was really fun, but freaky. The uh, Vince the trailer Vaughn looked really like it looks fun. Yes, fun. I guess that's a word people use. I've heard of it. Uh, I can't remember the girl's name, but I I but her and Vince Vaughn, and he's a serial killer. And they switch bodies, and he's trying to. So she's in his body, and he's just trying to convince his friends or whatever, her friends, you know. You know so he's funny, and uh, it just looks looks amusing to me. I don't know if I'm going to pay twenty bucks or whatever it's going to be here next week, Woo. but but I'm on vacation coming up, and I I might just say, what the hell? I need a fun movie. I did watch some more of that. I mentioned, I think, a couple episodes ago, that Cursed Films. It's a Shudder documentary series that they've been playing on AMC leading up to Halloween, where they they dug into the Curse of the Poltergeist movie Mm. and Brandon Lee's death on The Crow. The last one they showed was The Twilight Zone. 
and the John Landis segment where the people got killed by the helicopter. That's messed up. Um, yeah. I, I knew that story, but I didn't know all the details. Did it give, did it blame him? Very much so. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cause he is the one to blame. <laughs> yeah. He hired kids like outside of the, like he paid them in cash so they could work late at night um, he he for he forewent a lot of the uh, safety protocols. It was a it was a scene. It was supposed to be set in like a Vietnam village. A helicopter buzzes the village, and there's explosions going up. And uh, and the guy, like the set decorator, like it was not this guy's fault, but he's the guy who built all the huts and set everything up. And he was just started bawling on camera as like the guilt that he felt for what happened on this. And then they you know it came back from commercial like. The following scenes might be hard to watch or whatever the little warning was. And it had the footage of them Holy being killed smokes. as the explosions were way too big. The helicopter was way too close. The blades cut into the water. And I mean, you can't see the death, but like they oh had the gosh. actual footage. I was like, I don't know that I should have watched that, but right. That feels was, like watching powerful. faces of death. Yeah. A little bit. But yeah. Uh, all I've ever heard is that that was total negligence on his part. And he never got, got enough guff for it and when there were a couple years of like court battles and settlements and it, it showed him in a in a court uh, they were footage john landis spoke at the funeral for the actor who died and like I, yeah but it was it was hard to watch it was for being a, a, a tr you know true hollywood story scandal sort of thing it was mm. it was pretty it was pretty nasty that sounds good <laughs> i'm so i mean <laughs> i mean mm, i guess i would watch it has anyone heard of um, or even checked out that Nosferatu like series that's on AMC? Uh, I heard it wasn't super great. No, I mean, it's, but it's I'm not a big horror guy. So. But it's got like a. I've only seen something I want to check out. But I've just seen previews of it, but there's something to do about hey him having this secret secret land or something. But it ties into it's like a Christmas town, and you some girl. Ahead, you read Jordan. the book, Seth? That's a Joe Hill novel, right? <clears throat> no, that's not what he's talking about. Nosferatu? Is that what are you talking about? This he's is about a the television series. Yeah. Oh, you like, are? Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I blanked out there for a minute. I thought you were talking about there was a Dracula series that I thought was called Nosferatu, but no, if you're if you're talking about the Joe Hill, yeah, I read that book. Is One spelled like, like N-O-S. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a license plate. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Manx is this guy, you know, like uh unreal type guy. And he he's got he's the bad guy, he's the villain. He takes kids to Christmas land. Yeah. And, and uh does horrible things, of course. And there's a woman that uh I can't remember her name, but she is the hero of the story. And um I haven't watched the show, but I, I really I thought the book was pretty good. Well, I guess, like, from what I was seeing, it was, like, season two picks oh, Zachary up. Zachary like, Quinto, you might have said. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's he him. plays, he yeah. plays Charlie Max. Yeah. But, I mean, everything I look at about it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. I'm wanting to check it out. It might be. It might be good. Yeah, let us know. All right. I think we hit that last five minutes where we got good. Yeah. <laughs> we actually wrap had, it we up. had good content and funny stuff. In the last five minutes, as any regular listener would know, we're, we're only funny in the last five minutes. So we thank you for sticking around for all the unfunny parts at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And hope you enjoyed it. We will be back soon. Thank you to all the patrons for chipping in 
and helping us with our one job. And we'll be back before you know it. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm set um, up the special guest, Michael K. Easton. Not the adversary, old boy. <laughs> uh, you got another five minutes in you. You gotta say you gotta say goodbye forever like Sean Connery. Goodbye forever. No, I can't do it. <laughs> Flew too close to the sun. Oh, Icarus. Goodbye forever. Can't try again. Sorry, I'll you can't I have to say the I have to say the word. So he thinks he's getting the voice by saying that. Yeah. That's just the whole beauty of it. Yeah. <laughs> he pops his head around. It's like you really are watching an owl's nest that's trying to talk about like Sean Connery. So horrible. Bye forever. Yes. Goodbye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, kapow, the pop cultured podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udamwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share. <laughs>